Welcome to the official Brandon Ritchie Substack Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day. So what do we have today? Today I've got a special guest on that I would consider my my personal consigliere. <laughs> if you guys ever seen <laughs> if you guys have ever seen The Godfather, uh, Marlon Brando, uh, the great Robert Duvall was his consigliere, his advisor. Don't worry, we're not. Uh, we're not knocking off anybody. That's not the plan here. But we are talking strategy, and we do like to talk about gaming things out in terms of how we approach life, how we approach certain business strategies, business models. But this guest today I've had on before. You guys are familiar. I uh, want to welcome the great Jerry Kuykendall for, from uh, the owner and CEO of Biohacking the Truth. Jerry, how's it going, man? Going great, brother. Thanks for having me on today, Brandon. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Same here, man. Same here. So, yeah, tell me what's uh, – so we were talking before the show here and trying to trying to tap down on some of this um, mental illness in society. You were pointing out some things, man, that I thought you kind of set me back on my heels a little bit with some of this because I think it's the last two years – well, even prior to the last two years, I've always been – questioned kind of the uh, level of, um, you know, I guess we can all agree everybody's got problems, but society seems to have been amplified with people that uh, have a whole lot of problems. And we're seeing that really manifest in, in terms of mental illness and how that's fueled. And you were breaking down some personality types for me prior to the show here. Can yep. we get, kind of touch on that a little bit for the audience? Because I thought that was interesting about the uh, – I believe it was the type five you were telling me about the real and the yeah. characteristics. Can yeah. you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, certainly. So what we were talking about was how um, basically <clears throat> we've gotten a situation where um, a lot of the concepts and ideologies that we're really trying to force as 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 our our new way of being are really rooted in mental illness. And, um, you know, that's a subjective interpretation, but I base that on objectivity. Uh, and that has to do with a lot of the work that I do with my clients, you know, and, and one of the first things we do is, is assess personality, but not only that, like what's your level of, of wellness within that personality, within your base personality. So a um, little overview is I use the Enneagram personality typing system and the Enneagram system is, you know, uh, it determines what your base personality type is. And, you know, it, that's based on a number and that number has core motivations, core, you know, core drivers, uh, you know, biggest fears, uh, 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 strategies surrounding shame and guilt and whatnot. But the, the real poignant um, application in our discussion here is that there's certain levels of health and wellness for each personality type and, and depending on what level you're at determines whether or not you're an integrated person. And the higher the number, right, not your personality number, but the higher your level of integration uh, number, the less well off you are. And so, for instance, like if you're a one, uh, a, a certain personality type and your level of one integration, you're very healthy. Right. Well, if you're level nine, you're you're completely neurotic and, and you might be on like suicide watch. So that's kind of how the this, this spectrum works. Now, if we break these down and we look at look at just take a couple different personality types and, and we'll talk about the type two and the type five. One of them is very much tied into their feelings and the other one's very much tied into their thinking. So a couple different examples, but I think you'll, you'll notice a pattern here. So if we take a look at it, at what is being purported as, you know, how we should act and how we should view things and whatnot, I think you'll find once I give these examples that is really rooted in mental illness, like seriously, so if we take a look at like the type two, which is, you know, uh, we'll call it the martyr. So when the type two was known as a helper or an unconditional lover, they think, or um, whatever, whatever that looks like to you, think of the mothering type, right? The, the smother mother, right? That, right. Is, that is a type two um, at an unhealthy level. And they become a martyr. So they, they end up taking care of everyone else and neglect themselves and it's everyone else's fault. And we, we all know people like that. Um and so if you take a look at that particular type, once they get to like a level eight, we'll go to level eight out of nine, right, of health. And these are some of the common traits of a level two or a personality type two at level eight. And how much of this is being 
pushed on us as normal or how we should think, right? So we've got, they're entitled to demand whatever they want. Right. Right. So that's the Democrat, that's democracy versus a republic, right? Right. This is what we want, people want. And, you know, who cares that they're crazy? This is what they want. Um, they're owed due to their past efforts. Tired of being selfless and demand a return. Sexual impulsivity, outward and passively aggressive. They're mean-spirited, but they feel justified. And they have a high likelihood of becoming a pedophile. Like, wow. this is out of actual Enneagram book. This is, or one of the Enneagram books. This isn't something I made up. Wow. So let's take a look at, like, leftist mindset now, right? You've got entitled to demand whatever they want. Well, I want my college loan paid for. All right, well, what about the people that, that paid for their college loans and are still in debt? What about the people that just retired and still owe on their college loans, right? Right. At what point? You know, mortgage is really expensive. I would like some relief for my mortgage, please. Right. My groceries are really expensive. I want to say, where do you draw the line? Right. Correct. Uh, it sets a precedent. Oh, Pe people don't understand the word precedent, you know? Yes. Yes. Oh, due to their past efforts. Right. That's reparations right there. And I'm not this. Is, I'm not saying that people weren't wronged in the past. I'm not saying that. This, that's not what this is about. Um, but it, again, where do you draw the line objectively? Um, aggression. Aggression right now is through the roof. And this is on both sides. This isn't just left or right. And when we talk left or right, we're talking mindset, not political parties. Um, but just aggression has gone through the roof. Yeah, and I want. I want to. I just want to pause yeah, right there that let, for the audience. So he said something very key there. And I just want to reiterate that point, Jerry. This is this is not about political parties. This is about left and mind, or I'm sorry, left and right mindset characteristics. Far and then there's yeah. a there's a spectrum. And it's and it's one side of the spectrum versus the other at both extremes, and then towards the center, it becomes more uh, palpable. Is that correct, Jerry? Is that yeah? Okay. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then aggression. So the aggression has gone through the roof, like we talked about. People just attack. They go right into attack mode, but they feel justified because they're doing it for a moral cause, right? In other words, they've developed this moral superiority, and that gives them the badge. To go and police the rest of the world, right? Okay. Um, they can be a pedophile, and I think that is well. We don't have to elaborate on that too much. We know what happened with Epstein, and and we see what's going on at the southern border and the lack of attention to it. And you know, if we want to determine motive, we just got to look at outcome. You look at outcome, and you trace that back to motive, because whether it's a direct motive or an indirect motive, if you aren't interested in stopping it, then that's part of your motivation. So that is that is that is just one example of of, of someone you know because we we talk about leftist mindset a lot and we say you know they just go by feelings and their emotions which is true, but the people that are cerebral and in their head, they are susceptible to this as well. And so if we go to like a type five, which is a thinker, right? They overexpress their thinking, they underexpress their intuition, they underexpress their feelings and emotions. Uh, whenever they feel. Uh, it makes them uncomfortable, so they want to introvert and go into their head. So that's a type 5 in a nutshell. So if we take a look at a type 5 at a level 7, right, this is two steps away from being the worst of the worst, right? So first thing, disgusted with the world, aggression from fear, hopelessness, negativity, extreme nihilism and cynicism, right? These are the people who say there is no God. Right. Uh, they purge themselves of their needs other people that disagree with them and their responsibilities. They deepen their isolation. There are zero checks and balances for them. Uh, they fill with rage from ruminating thoughts and repress fear, anger due to fear of expression. So if we take a look at all that, how much of that is directly applying to the state of the world we're in right now? But not only that, instead of taking these people and saying, hey, you know, life could be better for you. We promote that through the media. If you just watch the show The View, <laughs> they are all at these high levels of disintegration, right? And you got people, yeah, woohoo, and and that becomes popular culture, and that's where we're at. And you got to ask yourself, why would they want us there, right? Well, anybody that's been overly stressed, maybe you've had a really stressful period in your life, things aren't going so well financially, relationship-wise, health-wise, whatever. But when you're in that state, you're not making a lot of good decisions, right? You're not thinking things through clearly. The vision is cloudy at that point. So if we can imagine 
if people wanted to, I don't know, control people or get a certain agenda across, would you do that with people that are clear, healthy, and think for themselves? Probably wouldn't go over so well. No, no. And you've got to, yeah. I think what you have is this, uh, it's a PSYOP campaign or it's a, a propaganda campaign. It's the whole, it's the whole thing of, are you familiar with the Heigl, the Hegelian dialect? So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know what oh, I'm yeah. talking about? So yeah, you have a, you have this, this one, uh, kind of, I guess the status quo, this thesis, this idea Yep. And then you introduce an opposing idea of that, yep. right? An antithesis. And then yep. they clash. And when they clash on the other side of it, you have synthesis. Yep. Right? I use that in my coaching 100% like yeah. all the time. Yeah. So they're, they're introducing that. It, it, but it's, it's incredible, this philosophical approach to this stuff. This is why, you know, like I, when I, I've studied philosophy, I've studied history, as I know you have. And it's just when you start really looking back to this stuff, it's some of this stuff is ancient. I mean, it goes as far back mm. as Aristotle, Plato, but this ancient thought, these ancient thought leaders, it just goes back to show that none of this is new. No, none, none of it. And it's, it's just that it's amplified in our current society, I would argue, because of media, social media, et cetera. It's really amplified. So it's like a megaphone in our faces, in our ears all the time. It's really loud, and they're really hammering that drum, so to speak. And, and, and it's just, uh, call, they call, they, it's easier to cause more dissent, right? Or more dissension. Yeah, really ill, the microphone and the stage. And then, and then these traits that we're talking about that are really signs of extreme disintegration, like people at this level of health are miserable. Like there's nothing, there's nothing redeemable about their days. But each one of these is seen as a virtue in society. Being disgusted with the world is a virtue, right? Right. Um, having no checks and balances for you is a virtue, right? Speak your truth, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody is beautiful, even though, you know, you're 80 pounds overweight and eventually you're going to be a burden on the medical system. Someone's going to have to pay for your care. You can't work right now, so someone's got to pay for your rent. But you're beautiful just the way you are. And this isn't about fat shaming or anything like that. This is about just being real with people so that they can live their best life. It's accountability. You, accountability. Accountability. It's accountability, but you've got, you've, got, you've got people telling these people that you're just fine the way you are. There's nothing wrong with you. It's the other people in your world that are causing your problems. It's your neighbor. It's that guy that's hanging the American flag um, or the don't tread on me flag. Um, that's your enemy. And these people are just getting further and further crazy. And we're giving them the, the stage. We're giving them the microphone. We're creating policies around these mental illnesses. And we're creating a sense of virtue around all these disintegrated traits, which adds to the confusion and adds to the levels of disintegration for people. They get further disintegrated because they're never correcting the problem. That's exactly right. And I'll tell you, you know, in the media, if you look at the, the way the media, the old, the old uh, kind of the old, um, I would say the, the slogan or the old, it was a slogan they, you would hear about the media and they would say, uh, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, yes. in terms yeah. of launching yeah. a story, if it bleeds, it leads. So, so yep. to 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 make a story, fear. yeah, fear is the key. So they have to get more yep. clicks, more advertising revenue. They have to drive the drive the narrative to get more clicks, more exposure, to pick up more ground on across the networks. They have to be able to they have to be able to fear monger, and they have to be able yep. to put that. If it bleeds, it leads, and they'll even shape that narrative. Yes. And there may yes. be truth to what they're saying, but the headlines are all what most people read. They scan, they have busy lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they're being told what to think about it, whether they know it or not, you know, and that's right and left. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. Right. Like ironically, like we were talking before, it's like almost everybody I know that really thinks for themselves. Right we're all libertarian really on some, you know, we might lean right or we might lean left, but everybody's kind of like, you know, do your thing. Just don't harm other people. Um, but it's just ironic that that is the only quote unquote political party or affiliation that really gets no play. 
Right. And it's about seeking. I had uh, the golfer Rocky Shipes on, a uh, trick shot golfer, and he goes, look, man, I'm, yeah. he goes, I just want to seek the truth. I just want to seek the truth, you know. Um, I don't and, – and, and it's in the process of seeking the truth, that requires skepticism. Yes, questioning, yeah. Questioning. So, <laughs> so the thing about that is I think that a lot of people, they just – when you don't have any skepticism and you just – accept and take this you know the spoon-fed narrative and you just take it in that's a problem um and and being us both in the in the fitness community and in the you know in the active community i think that this has also been a problem within the fitness community that's now been amplified because the people i was saying uh, i made a post about this the other day the, the, the reason that I was motivated to do this in the first place, aside, you know, COVID was the catalyst, but I've always yeah. recognized the problem. We've always talked about it, and you, you're familiar with this, the magical pill or the, the easy, fast solution, the magical yes. solution. Who's more susceptible to that? Those that are less skeptical. Yes, yes. They're more susceptible, and that is a lie, and it always has been in the fitness industry. Yes, yes. And yes. so that's why I chose to do this because I think, like you, uh, what I saw in you, Jerry, is the same thing I was dealing with was the, what, the only way to get people to truly change is to address the whole person, not just the physical, the mental, yeah. you know, the mental drives yeah. the physical. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what, that's what, uh, that's where the, that's where the choices start. <laughs> right? You, right. You get fat because you ate, you made a choice to eat certain things and, and to, uh, sit down instead of move. Like, but all that's tied into uh, perception, which is tied into a story we tell ourselves, which is tied into a belief, which is incited by, um, events in the world. And all this is a circular thing. All this is circular. And if we just go allopathically at it and say, Oh, well, you're not counting your calories or something like that, like the right. fitness industry loves do take something that's so damn simple and god-given innate which is listening to your soul and your body and and answering the messages and we make it completely cerebral and completely complex when it shouldn't be there's nothing complex about being healthy there's nothing complex about having a high level of energy there's nothing complex about being focused but you got to have key components and those key components are missing which is a, a set of values in your life how many people are walking around with zero values in their life? They're completely chasing their wants. When you ask them, what's your purpose? What's your why? They tell you a whole list of wants, right? Right. Now, luckily, you know, there is a system in place where you can take those wants and trace them back to what values they represent and then say, okay, we know what you want. This is what you value. Are you living up to those values? But that is completely missing, completely missing. People have no values. They don't know why they want to be thin. They don't know why they want to feel good. They don't know why they want to be strong. Right. Right. Uh, and it usually it's like some conflicting self-image thing. Right. And it's like that is what the fitness industry is catering to. That is what the fitness industry is pumping is the self-image thing. But the self-image is superficial. It's not the deep seated thing. The self-image, there's things below the self-image that you must address. And you can't do that by counting calories. You can't do that by writing workouts. You just can't. Mm-mm. Right. Because eventually that person, whatever caused that person to make those choices, as they're doing that, that cerebral approach, the counting the calories, the counting the reps, and all that's important. All that's part of it. Um, but as they're doing that, they're depriving themselves because they haven't got to the root of why they made all those choices to begin with. So they're just delaying those choices for a later time. It's this like, is why people need a cheat day every Sunday. This is why they need to let them go nuts on you know once a month. It's because of that. It's the difference between tactics and strategy. Amen. Yeah. And that, 100%. That, and that's the thing, you know, I think are part of the strategy. They aren't the strategy. Correct. They're steps, they're, they're action steps within the whole strategy, but the strategy is what, that's what maps out the whole thing. Right. I, I think, and you know, the, this other thing too, that we were talking about with the whole, the mental illness thing. I, I also, that one of the other guys I had on was, uh, another golfer. He's an adaptive golfer. He's a Shea Taylor. He's, he's, he's a very good golfer. Uh, he's world ranked and he's missing his leg. Right, Oof. lost his leg in motorcycle accident, and bounced back. And we were talking about that, and he was talking about, um, you know, I was asking him about the psychological impact of that, 
when he because he had to make the decision for the doctors to remove it like a few days before his birthday, right? So yeah. he said he would purposely once he got healed enough, he would purposely go out late at night to like the grocery store, like to Walmart or something, and crutch around on his crutches to kind of pers- he was kind of looking and kind of seeing how people would perceive him. Ah, gotcha. You see. And he said what he did was he realized in that moment that they weren't looking at him like he was a freak. They were looking at him like, man, wow, this guy's a badass. Look at him crutching around in the grocery store. He used that as a sort of what we we coined the term internal mechanism. He, mm. used, he used that as an internal mechanism to internalize himself, to, to, to overcome that traumatic situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think people are missing that internal mechanism. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. They don't understand their triggers. They don't understand what's driving them. They don't understand the nature of that deep seated thing that that drives the self image. They don't understand how that 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 aspect of themselves is driving all your fear and all your elation. Right. In other words, if there's this one thing that I'm unwilling to feel in the world, whether it's being inadequate, unworthy, worthless, uh, powerless and weak, you know, uh, stupid, like you don't exist, whatever that is for you, everybody's got one. And if you're not familiar with how that works, it's just basically everything you're doing is in resistance to that. And so when you feel extreme elation, it's because you've just proven that that wasn't true. Like I've just proven I'm not inadequate because I just did this thing that's so awesome. Right. But the thing is, if we don't have a relationship and that's not integrated into us, just by us being elated by that, overly, you've heard about people, don't, don't get too high, don't get too low. Oh, that's what that boils down to. And if I am overly elated over a little accomplishment or big accomplishment because it proved I was inadequate, then that still shows that I am scared of inadequacy. And when you hit that upper limit problem, let's say someone has an inadequacy driver and they do 50 things in a row that prove their adequacy. Well, as they keep leveling up to prove their adequacy, eventually they're going to hit that upper limit problem, that one thing that they can't do, that they're inadequate at, right? They will hit that thing, and that will drop them all the way down into the dumps. I don't know if you know people that once or twice a year they go dark, right? You don't hear from them for a couple of weeks, yeah. or a couple of months. Yeah. Or it's like, well, they've hit their upper limit problem. They they believe that their false core driver is an actual thing, is actually real. They are inadequate or they are worthless or whatever theirs is. And they go in the dumps until they get up enough internal drive, right? Uh, right. To say, "What? Well, I'm going to give it another try. I'm going to go prove how adequate I am." And then they start the cycle over again, and it just happens and happens and happens. And it's really because they don't have any attunement to the fact that that thing is the thing that's influencing them and driving them. It's a it's a roller coaster of high and low high and low emotional states. Yep. You're very yep. very all, manic depressant, all, right? Yep. Yep. And it's all because they don't have a relationship with that. Um, I've got people that that have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and, you know, they're on medication and all this nonsense. You introduce that concept to them and then help them trace back what it is. And then they go through, you know, a period of time where they're actively tracing back all their high and low emotions to that one feeling. They don't need the medication anymore. Wow. Yeah, because they get over the moon about something that proves that they exist. Wow. And they get down in the dumps when something proves that they don't exist or whatever their, their driver is. This particular example I'm talking about wasn't, I don't exist driver and, uh, very much in their head, they're type five. And so, um, once that person was able to understand that about themselves, they didn't feel like they could take that label off of bipolar. Right. Right. I'm not bipolar. I'm just type five. Okay. Well, how do you, what do you do with that? How do you? Well, we take the steps. Right. We towards integration. So, it, like I said, ties into what we said earlier. None of this stuff is complex. Well, and it, it doesn't make it easy. No, but in, and and I think this is we were talking about it too with the the most recent news story that came out the science the scientific revelation that serotonin levels are not directly linked to depression. Right. Not scientifically. But we've been told that for half a century. Right. Yeah. I mean, and they're, they're picking one element, 
right? You've got dopamine, you've got adrenaline, you've got serotonin, you've got acetylcholine, you've got oxytocin. And that's just like five, like, like happiness and rhythm hormones, right? Right. Or elements, call them. But they're picking serotonin. Serotonin is just a link in the chain. So if you're low on serotonin, are you low on dopamine? Or is your dopamine imbalanced, right? Are you, are you on porn all the time? Are you on social media all the time, right? Are you watching mindless stuff that gets your dopamine spiked up so it crashes later, right? I mean, that's just one element there. And it's like anybody that knows anything about anything that's ever worked with people, that's ever, you know, done cone drills with their clients and been like, hey, try this this week, see how it goes. You know that you can directly affect any of those levels with action, right? If you go give someone a hug, your oxytocin goes up. You yeah. and I are both experiencing a spike in oxytocin right now because we're connecting. If you have no connection in your life, you're not going to be happy. And then so if you don't, like, let's say you can't keep a relationship for longer than a year, you have no friends, right? You, you, you um, are phobic about approaching strangers to try to make new friendships. That person's going to have zero oxytocin in their life, right? Right. So you're going to give that guy a serotonin, uh, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. What good is the excess serotonin in the system if there is no dopamine, there is no adrenaline, there is no acetylcholine, there is no um, um, uh, oxytocin? What good is it? Right. And you think about – A monkey with two brain cells to rub together that's read any textbook could say, oh, well, this doesn't make sense. Well, and you're right. I mean, look, I mean, we're human beings. We're, we're social creatures. Yeah. And so you look at what we faced the last two years – <laughs> with isolation, forced isolation. Yeah. yeah. And this forced isolation has amplified these societal problems. Yes. Combined with social media amplifying. Yes. Yes. And plastics in the water, you know. And we talked about that as well, you know, with uh, the testosterone problem and the and the fertility issues that we're having and and how, you know, all we hear about is like the climate change and the overpopulation. But if you really look at the objective facts, we are headed towards a popular emergency the other way. Yeah. Yeah. You and know. are you are you a, are you Gen X or Jerry? Uh, Close to yeah. it. So 78. You're born 78. You're 78. You're a yeah. Gen Xer. You're a Gen Xer. Yeah. So this yeah. so there's this rise of Gen X now. OK. A lot of guys like us, girls and guys, Gen X is very loud. I tell millennial this, millennials this, they can't stand it. Cause, oh, they cringe. Yeah, because they, the Gen X, we're about a third of the workforce. And, and now you're seeing in this culture war, in this whatever you may call it, culture war, this, this, fourth, uh, this fourth turning, you're yeah. seeing the guys, girls that are stepping it up, stepping up this fight are Gen Xers. Yeah. And I tell yeah. people, we're the first ones. Look, we were growing up, you know this, you didn't come home till the, till the lights, you know, till the lights came on and the street lights came on, right? Yeah, it's yeah. It's dark. You walked yeah. everywhere. You can, make, you can make your own sandwich, you know? You always had a tub toe. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend that lived on the lake up here in Lake, lake Hartwell up here in South Carolina, right? I had a yeah. friend that lived there. I'd go see during the summer when I was a kid. At 9, 10 years old, we, would, we used to take his father's boat and drive it to the marina to fuel it up on gas. And then yeah. on the, on, and we'd drive to South Carolina Marina and then on the way back, we would stop and pull each other skiing, water skiing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nine and 10 year old kids. I tell people that today, their heads no. explode, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, oh. Yeah. yeah. But we could yeah. handle that boat better than most adults, you yeah. know? Yeah. We saw Reagan and Biden. Like we've seen Reagan and Biden in our lifetime. Yes, yes. Diametrically you know? completely different. Yes, yes. Yes, polar polar opposites. Yes, 100%. Gen X is a, is a special group. I think, too, we're the loudest. Agreed. We Agreed. have always been the loudest. I don't care. And that's not a subjective thing. I mean, I can go and point example after example. after who We were around when grunge rock was born. Yeah, before political correctness and right, you know, when comedy could be comedy, you know, you could watch Sam Kinison, you could watch George <laughs> Carlin, 
right? You yeah. could laugh at Richard Pryor and not be a racist. Right. 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 Eddie like Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Loved Eddie like, Murphy and Richard Pryor. And hey, now you can't you can't laugh at those jokes unless you're a certain skin color. Yeah. Well, they try to make it that way, right? But yeah. And I think I think the culture thing is it's it is people are and I'm pretty I had to point that out with Gen X though I had to I had for for all the Gen Xers that'll listen to this I had to say that because I've been on this kick lately and I always get a tremendous response out of it it's like throwing rocket fuel on a burning fire you know oh yeah yeah it's just so I have to do that so for the Gen Xers listening (laughs) thank you very much you keep 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 making the noise because because this is not going to slow down, and we need to keep ramping it up, turning up the temperature, you know? Yeah, yeah. Keep Make personal accountability great again. Oh, man, I like that. Yeah, yeah how do we uh, – it's like we're so worried about the collective, right? But we won't look internally and see that, you know, the irony is, is, is how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you affect the mass, the masses, by the individual? And uh, – if we're all at that level of, of poor health or lack of integration, and basically, if we don't know that it comes from here, the heart and soul, if we don't know that this that it's really our choice to see it that way and it's our choice to react that way and behave that way, we just know we feel like shit. We just know we're unhappy. We just know we're miserable or, you know, like that level seven on the type five, right? Uh, totally disgusted with the world. And so we just know we feel that way. We want an explanation because we're not wise enough to look for the answer where the only place it can lie, which is within us. And so we look around everywhere else and we find enemies. We find antagonists all over the place. And now the antagonists are the thing to attack because you're making my life miserable. Right. And that's where we're at, really. I and mean, we got and that's these. Well, and, I, that and, the the norm. Th- and the thing that bothers me, Jerry, is this uh, low testosterone in young men. In young men. Mm-hmm. Low T and women, too. women too, women too, but, but the, I think I'm getting pointing more specifically, I'm bringing up the men because they're trying to demas- emasculate men and they're trying to label masculinity as a bad thing. And it's not a bad thing. Masculinity right. Only being masculine. If it's a female being masculine, that's feminism. Correct. And that's okay. Correct. They're trying to make this a two way street. Or right. one-way street, which I'm sorry. Seven type five, which is, or no, I'm sorry, level eight of the type two, which is being entitled to something. Right. 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 But so two wrongs make it right if the two wrongs match our view of what's morally. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it, it is what, what <laughs> and, and you look at, but when you look at uh, kids though today, I mean, when, again, going back to the Gen X example, you know, I, you know, our childhood, we've talked about, it. we, we had to take care of, of a lot of things ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not, not, and, and I agree. And look, we both had different upbringings in that respect, but we still, I was taught to, you learn to. And, and so we're more self-reliant in that degree. And, but a lot of young people today, they, I'm holding up my cell phone now because this is where they are all the time, holding the yes. cell phone in their face. The, the black box. Right. Always yeah. on TikTok or whatever. Instead yeah. of going out, instead of they don't, they're not physically working. I don't, I don't, you know, I used to see 11, 12 year old boys mowing lawns. I, I rarely yeah. see that anymore. Riding bikes. Riding bikes. Riding bikes anymore. I know. I know. And, yeah. and and the helicopter parents, you pointed out that uh, you know they where they don't want them to, they're just scared to death to let them go do anything. Yeah, you know, and and I know we could that opens up another discussion about how safe or dangerous the world is. I get it, but yeah. <laughs> but I think I think you get where I'm coming from. I think yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. You, you're, you're trying to to hover above these kids to the point they can't even make their own decisions. And, yes. and these young boys grow up and they're, they're clueless. They don't know how to deal with life. Wonder why, wonder why we have such a self-image and self-esteem problem in this country. Gee, I wonder. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and girls are misled too, you know? I mean, girls yeah. are misled too. You're not allowed to think yourself. You're not allowed to question things. Don't express yourself. You know, don't sing out loud. 
stop dancing in public. You know, that's where it starts. It's where it starts, you know. And I think, you know, you you know, in light of that la- that last study, I wonder that 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 study that talked about the serotonin not being linked to depression after we've been fed this for 50 years, half a century, okay? I wonder now and 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 I would like to hear your feedback on this, but you know, you all, you know you hear about sociopath type personalities they lack yeah. empathy the real the real extreme types and if you did a search you would typically find that's a very low percentage of the general population maybe like one percent or less than all right yeah i wonder though after the last two years every and everything we we're seeing manifest now with the way society has changed in the last couple of years it's been like blazing light speed it's been fast yeah. But I'm I'm wondering if that percentage is not significantly higher. What do you think? You know, it definitely could be, you know, so there's a def- couple different like angles of thought here. One is that everybody's got um got a representation of all the different personality types within them. And what determines your level of integration is is how situationally appropriate you are at expressing each type. Right? And so what we've grown into is this extreme state of disintegration where we overexpress our fear, basically. Mm-hmm. What we're scared of, we overexpress that. And that gets us to disintegration. So what we could say is that with this social media culture, giving the microphone to the mentally ill, the more outrageous and extreme your expression of the thought of the day or the thought of the week, you know, that matches the mainline narrative, the more attention you're going to get. And so that's going to that's going to appeal to a lot of people's narcissistic streak or vanity streak, which would lie in their type three personality type, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't have to be a type three. We all have part of the type three in us, and so that can really cause us to overexpress that three within us. <clears throat> and so just by that alone, yes, we can become way more narcissistic. And the other angle that that comes to mind is that. Any personality type, once they reach a certain level of disintegration, they become very, uh, they're in survival mode, right? When people are in their survival uh, uh, brain, their reptilian brain, right? They're only thinking about the three Fs, the food, fornicating, and fun. And, um, and once you get to that point, other people's needs and other people's concerns really aren't, aren't up to you. Now, ironically, that seems to be like the go-to-market strategy for the leftist mindset, which is, you know, we've got to advocate for people and we've got to stand up for people and we've got to make atonements and reparations and all that. But at the end of the day, most of them are such an extreme level of disintegration that there's no way they could possibly be thinking about that at a true, deep, intuitive level. On a superficial level, yes. Why? Because it might make them feel more safe. Or it appeals to their narcissistic streak where they're like, see, I'm a good person. And that makes me feel better. It's the, it's the so, whole concept of the drowning man trying to save the drowning man. The drown, Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and, and saying, look at what a good person I am for saving this drowning person. But really the only reason why they saved that drowning person is they were hoping someone would recognize that, appreciate them, recognize they're part of the team, throw them a life preserver. Right. But in effect, though, you still have two drowning people. But two drowning people, and and be honest with you, that one doesn't really give a shit about the other one drowning or not. Correct, correct, and that's that's we, we could objectively say all these people that say, you know, we need to make these reparations or we need to do this for these types of people or whatever the case may be. And I'm not saying any, I'm not saying any anybody's story isn't relevant or anybody's history or sure. any uh, discrimination or or or. Uh, mean meanness that they've they've encountered in their life on an individual basis isn't isn't accurate. I'm not saying I'm not discounting anybody's personal story, um, but what are you? What are these people that say that you need to change your vocabulary? You need to change uh, your, your how much you earn. You need to accept uh, reduced likelihood of getting the job you want because of how you were born, your skin color. Um, or your religious beliefs or political beliefs or whatever. But what, so they'll do that, but what are you actually doing to make someone else's life better? Correct. What are you doing on a daily basis? Going on social media and commenting on people's posts doesn't count. 
Are you actively helping another person in your life? And if so, in what way, how, and what is your value system that is feeding that? It's action. What's what you value that is being nurtured by your behavior? Exactly. That's, that's action. That's agent. Yes. That's agency. And, yes. and, and people don't understand they agency is what makes these things happen. Either, either yes. it, it builds, I always say you can build momentum positively or negatively. Momentum is yeah. negative. just Push as much. Point. Yeah. You can have a collapsing yeah. system and that builds momentum. We're seeing that now. Yeah. That insights action. I mean, we're seeing that now, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's just, uh, it is incredible. This psychosis, uh, how this is all manifested. It seems like at a very rapid pace in the last two yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, well, you, you, you increase people's work schedules, you decrease their take home pay, you put poison in their food, water and air. Right. And that's not a conspiracy theory. That is absolutely true. Just go test your food, go test your water. Tell me what you find. Right. The fact that glyphosate, which has been proven to be a carcinogen. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, if it prove, prove, it's proven that it caused cancer or not, what does it do, do to the human body once it gets in your cells, right? It, it, it reduces your mitochondria's ability to function. Now, on a cellular level, what is more important to the health of an overall individual besides being healthy at the cellular level? There isn't a whole lot, right, that matters after that. Correct. So you just take a look at the obje- objectivity of what I just said and just realize you can't have phthalates in all your water and and your containers and and all that jazz you can't have all that and have a a society that reproduces normal healthy children so that right there boom so you're being poisoned by all this stuff so your physiology physiology is being affected your mental health is being affected because you have no time to thrive you're basically prostituting all your time so that you can pay the bills and some can't even do that yeah particularly now and it's it's a rigged system it's a rigged system, yeah. And then you've got, you know, uh, it's no secret though what the World Economic Forum is up to. And whether you like that idea or not, the fact of the matter is it's going to drastically change your life. And the way that they get these ideas in action is through the media, through your employer, through your education system, through basically everything that influences you on a daily basis is how they're working to you. So whether you're aware of it or not, that's going to cause mental distress. So it's... a very effective formula to cause disintegration in people. And when you've got a majority of the population in a high state of disintegration, this type of shit is going to happen. <laughs> and we, I mean, I laugh to keep from being, you know, crying or getting angry because <laughs> right. yeah, it's just, you fear. know, it's the alternative, right? <laughs> it the, is. It is. <laughs> it really is. I mean, my gosh. I mean, you look at everything, is, and, and it is a fourth turning. It's like a perfect storm of disaster. It's been a perfect storm of disaster. But this is... You there, Jerry? I think you cut out a sec, Brandon. Yeah, I might have cut out for a second. Sorry about that. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're coming in now. Can you hear me? Gotcha. Gotcha. It must have been, I don't know what's happening with the signal. I'll, I'll get to this point and uh, I'll edit it. Yeah, this opening time for the, the building I'm in, so bandwidth could be being taken up right now. Okay. Okay. That's cool. But we'll, we'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and wrap up. But because uh, with the time too, I've got, I've got an eye on the time, but no, that was a. This has been a great discussion, and I want to tell you, yep. like, the thing about the thing about all of this is just for those of you listening, and 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 I'm going to do the whole contact thing where you can get in touch with Jerry, connect. But the whole point of this is for you guys to, when you hear this, this is about influencing culture. The culture we're in has been attacked. The culture we're in is under attack. We're, we're in a war, so to speak, a cultural war. So this is the only way out of this is to fight fire with fire. We have to present alternatives to these things that we pointed out here. And the alternative is, is first of all, understanding the fight you're in. Correct, Jerry? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then and yeah. then from from there being able to move forward and act on it and spread this information. And if you don't like yes. Jerry and I, then find someone else that that shares the same that understands the fight and get behind them. That's the whole point cuz this does not change until we act. We have to act on it. And this is 100%. about And Jerry, then you can vouch for this too. This is about bettering people's lives. Bettering and by extension society and by extension the world, correct? Yep. 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 Starts with the individual. Like the way I, you know, the thing kind of one of the visuals that gives me hope is like the 300, right? The Spartan 300. Yes. And where they, where they just cause that bottleneck and, you know, you're a movie fan, so you'll probably appreciate this, but they cause that bottleneck. But really, why did the, yeah, strategy was a big part of it, but why did the Spartans win? It's because they were way more badass than their opponent. Right. Oh, yeah. In other words, like one man could kill was was worth 50 on the other side. And so that is where we can like it's not about numbers. Right. It's not it's not about any of that. It's about each individual that's on the team being an integrated, immovable rock. Right. In their values and in what they find important and how they're going to show up to the world. And so if we got enough of those types of people walking around. They can they can handle the 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 uh, ballistic trauma of talking to a hundred leftists in a day, right? And not let it throw them off their game. And that's how you make that's how you make steps. That's how you make moves. Pretty soon, people have to start listening to the people that make sense. It's inevitable. Sure, it's inevitable. Like you, you cannot keep following bullshit when there's caviar right next to it. Right. And, and the people, yeah. and pe- people, it, it's just, and when things just simply stop working, you yes. know, your, your, your power goes out and stays yeah. out. Yes. You your, can't get food. You can't get food. You go yeah. to the gas station, you can't get gas. Now you can't go to work. How are you going to pay your bills? Yeah. yeah. Your taxes are going up, but the services you, you're receiving are going down. Right. It and makes it. All it, your taxes are going to a small percentage of, of the population or not even your own country. Right. Right. And this is this is about being a change agent in the most positive sense. And it's not even it's it's this is just being real. And it's based on reality. It's based on science. It's based on objective observation, what you can measure every day. And then also coaching you. Basically, you'll be we want others to be a coach in and of themselves to their world, right? To their lives. Independent, sovereign, free thinking. And that's the key. Yes. And this is why, this is, see, this is why you're my, my consigliere. See, this is why we, (laughs) so see, that's my guys. If you haven't seen, I know if you're, Hey, I know the gen X is listening. They know the Godfather, but for the millennials, the others, Go watch The Godfather, right? They'll yeah, understand what we're talking. You don't talk. have to believe in God to watch it. It's just, just yeah. It's just the God. It. That's just the name, the title, Godfather. Yes. Yeah, that word scares people. They're oh, I ain't touching it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's <laughs> but well, but I'm gonna close it out, Jerry. Close out today's show if you can. Just hang on the line for a minute, and uh, I'm gonna get. But real quick before I do, tell the audience where they can find you. Just go ahead and tell them your Facebook, uh, your websites, any, anywhere they can find yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you can just find me on Facebook, uh, Jerry Kuykendall, K-U-Y-K-E-N-D-A-L-L. Uh, uh, Instagram, Coach underscore Jerry. And uh, TikTok, Coach underscore Jerry 44 on TikTok as well. Uh, or you can uh, check out my website, biohackingtruth.com biohackingtruth.com. There you go. And I'm going to close it out, Jerry. Just hang a, hang tight for a second, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode. We're going to be looking at future guests here. When I have Jerry on again here again in the future, you can see why we're uh, big believers in strategizing you to be a zenith during chaotic times. That's the whole point of the podcast. Is to It's a map for you to be a zenith during chaotic times. And to do that, you have to understand the game you're in. You have to understand the fight you're in. You have to understand what kind of model you're operating in. So 
Make sure you connect. Also, subscribe to the Substack at brandonritchie.substack.com. Connect with me on Facebook and Getter. Uh, just reach out. Anytime you have questions, feel free to message. Uh, tune in for the next episode. Stay tuned. Stay active. Stay focused. Peace out. Have a great day.